it's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 Community Managers, Angie Sparks and Joseph Petrovic, to help you do extraordinary things on Ordinary Money. And we're back for another episode of Award Travel 101 podcast. My name's Joseph Petrovic, and I have my co-host, Angie Sparks, with me. Hey, Angie. Hey, Joe. How are you doing today? Fantastic. We're going to talk about big trips and planning big trips using travel awards, because we all know it's really easy. (laughs) (laughs) Said no one ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... Everybody uh, just joining us, we talked a little bit on episode one of the rebirth of the Award Travel 101 podcast about a little bit about our travels and Joe and Angie and who we are and running the group. But uh, today we're going to discuss how to do these big trips because I think a lot of times people just getting into travel and loyalty think that they're going to be able to book these incredible trips right off the bat. Uh, and it takes some time. It takes some planning. And while there are some things that you can do last minute, there are also some things that you have to plan for. So you have to sign up for the cards. You have to have your balances right to be able to have the points to do it. You have families. It's not always going to be easy to find two, three, four, five, six, six or more award tickets. And if you want to especially find those aspirational flights in business and first class, you may never find those amount of seats. So let's start with uh, your trip, Angie. Tell us a little bit about what's coming up here very soon. So very soon, I am about to go on safari in Tanzania. This was supposed to be my wedding anniversary trip, and we were going to go in 2021. We all know what happened (laughs) right before 2021. And, uh, you know, we're in 2020 when we were talking about booking this. It's like, you know, I don't want to risk this. So I think we actually did put down the deposit for the safari. Um, And then, of course, it got bumped back to 2022. Awesome. So in 2021, it's time to start looking for flights because we're a year out and I'm flying business class because it is a long way to get to Africa from Florida. And um, what? No nonstops? I I know, really kind of hard to believe. (laughs) And um, I sat down with my husband and I said, okay, you know, it's about time. We got to start looking for flights, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, And he was like, you know, I'm just really kind of not interested anymore. We've postponed it so many times. So I actually got a girlfriend to agree to go with me. And the the funniest thing was, you know, you ask most people if they want to go on a big trip of this magnitude, it's like, how much is it? How long is it? How long are we going to be gone? Where are we going? Her first question was, what kind of shots do I need? Because she really hates needles. So I had to tell her, I'm like, no, no, no. You know, we're going to Tanzania. It'll be great. We only need like hepatitis A and B or something like that. It'll be fine. Um, So I coordinated with my travel agent, who is also a member of the community. And thankfully, she does award travels. So she gave me like a, a window of time for when the safari operator 
could schedule our safari so I could start looking for flights that would fit along that. Um, it helps, in the one hand, it helps to have dates that are narrowed down. You know, you don't have the whole calendar to look all over the place. But on the other hand, your dates are close to set. So you have to find something on those dates. So it was really important for me to start looking a year out to find those. And as it turned out, um, I've had to change the outbound flight four different times because of schedule changes and because I'm using, you know, partners to, uh, I'm using like domestic airlines to book partner airlines. That's the way it turned out. And they couldn't force the new space open when there would be a huge schedule change. So it was like, all right, cancel, we'll start again. Cancel, we'll start again. I'm going on safari to Africa. I'm using points and miles to do our flights there and back. I'm using points for the post-safari hotel in Zanzibar. And everything else is going on a credit card where I will earn a lot more points. Yeah, and those things... uh depends on how you do them. I, I know I've heard of some people spending into the six figures for these types of trips that just, it sounds absolutely awesome. Ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, so far out of a uh, typical award travel 101 budget that, you know, it's, that's why we collect miles and points. So, you know, I want to say something about, you know, the way you plan versus the way I plan, because we'll talk a little bit about a trip that I've been working on as well. But, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting and makes so many of our members uh, interesting is the diversity in the Award Travel 101 community and how we all approach it differently. Because when I'm approaching a trip, um, rarely do I have more than six months. And in fact, uh, most often, most of my trips are planned a few months ahead of time. I do plan them somewhat uh, out in advance and say, okay, you know, I'd like to do that. And that's going to be out in the future. But as of right now, I have no major trip planned beyond July. And oh, uh, <laughs> I have <laughs> nothing past July. I have a couple of little trips that, you know, we're doing a meetup uh, here or there. And we have some things planned out that way. So have some th different things, little weekend trips booked, but I have no major travel planned on past middle of July and that's six months away. So, you know, again, that's typically my travel style. Your travel style is you have a lot of ideas and that you have things that you say, Hey, I want to do this and I'm going to do this in 2024. I want to do this in 2025. Yeah. And you know that there are positive and negatives to both and you can find things so you know you start looking at uh how to find those flights so let's start out with that you've uh you booked it all on the first try right yeah <laughs> um well so the girl that i'm going with collects points and miles she, i think she's a member of award travel 101 as well but basically i tell her what to book and when to book things and she's one of those who you know, again, we live in Tampa. We don't have a lot of nonstop options from here. So when I'm willing, because I'm going to use points and miles, I'm willing to throw in an extra stop. I'll do a two stop to get someplace because I'm going to get a safer flight if I do it that way. She's typically not willing to do that. She wants a one stop flight. She wants to leave on this date. She wants to come back on that date. And they're going in, into and out of smaller airports. So she uses her business platinum with a 35% rebate. 
quite a bit to book her trips. She's very lucky. She owns her own business and she basically can print points with her business. So she can do that. But I told her for this trip, the flights are going to be just way too expensive to do that. She's going to have to go do it my way. Yeah, because if you're using that, you're basically at the business platinum, you're getting uh, 35% back if you're flying business class. And uh, 35% back means you're getting the points, you're getting 1.5 cents per point or a little bit over that amount. And you're going to require hundreds of thousands of points for one flight. Oh, yeah. The business class flight for these, the round trip flights, if because I can't, I always price it out in cash first. That my process is generally let's go to Google Flights and see what's out there. How much is it? Who flies the route? What am I looking for in terms of how freaking long it's going to take to get there? And the cash price for these was easily between six and seven thousand dollars per person round trip. So that would have required a lot of points if we booked it with the Amex Platinum, the business platinum to get that 35% rebate. And so then once I've got, you know, that list of airlines that fly that route, then I'll go and I will look in their loyalty programs and I'll see is there award space available. I almost always start with United just because I've got a I've got a big chunk of Chase Ultimate Rewards points. So it's I can almost always find something on them, although they've gotten a lot more ridiculous lately with some of their pricing. In the beginning here, we talk about how to search award flights. So that's something that's important to our community. And we have a really nice guide that Allison Caraway, our other group uh, and community manager, uh, put together on how to search for award flights. And you mentioned using Google Flights as the first place to start. And that's something I think pretty much all of us do is that we we do look for those route options and what what's it going to cost because a lot of us even though uh, your friend may be printing points and un, you know, able to uh, generate millions or hundreds of thousands or whatever uh, not everybody else can so we want to make sure that we're getting the right type of value and if if a cash price is super low Maybe it makes sense to book at the cash fair instead of the award fair, um, whether that's through a portal or that's just paying cash. So right. always start with Google Flights, know your options, know the cash. And that way it kind of starts setting your sights on what the points are worth, because that's a topic that comes up frequently too. And the points are worth their whatever you redeem them for. But would you pay for seven or eight thousand dollar business class flights. No. <laughs> and that's why I we go back miles and points is we're we're here to use these programs so that we don't have to pay those kind of prices. So you you uh search the you you talked about searching United. That's our number two step is searching the airline website. Mm-hmm. And of course when I first started searching there was nothing. And it really didn't take long. I, I start searching, you know, for a trip like this where I know it's a year out. So I've got time. I can start, you know, about the month before the schedule opens. So to get an idea of what was going to be available and how much the the saver prices were and where they were. And um I I'd say probably with opening with checking as soon as the schedule opened, I found something fairly quickly, you know, within a week, I guess. So we could lock in, all right, this is the day we're going to start our safari. 
and we've got that committed. And then, you know, I can worry about getting the flight home because we could extend or decrease the amount of time that we were going to be spending in Zanzibar to coordinate with the flights to get that back. So we tried to do it where I booked one way with my points and she was going to book the other way after I told her exactly which one to do. But we found Q suites for the flight home. The problem is she has the hang up with getting her British Airways account connected to her Qatar privileges account and we couldn't ever get it to work that way. So I ended up booking both outbound and return, but I know she's good for getting the points back to me, which she has. <laughs> okay. And so you talked about using uh, Avios, which is what now Qatar or Qatar is using. And uh, they are also under the same program that British Airways uses. So we're talking about our, our next step in the process of making sure that we understand our alliance partners and using step three, which is our transfer partner matrix, which one of our moderators, Mike, keeps up. So those are always available to members in the group. There's a really nice transfer chart that you can use in the Award Travel 101 Facebook community that tells you all of the partners and that you can use a certain program for which card points go to which programs. And obviously, you know that um, those part points from British Airways can be transferred over to Qatar, and there's a problem there. So you've got that booked. Now what? Mm -hmm. So everything was great. We had an outbound flight booked. We had a return flight booked. The safaris booked. Then we booked the hotel on Zanzibar. Great. I'm all excited. Going to use this, going to stay at this Hilton or this double tree that's part of Hilton. I can use my Aspire Resort credit. Awesome. It's right on the ocean. No, they decide that they're going to leave Hilton and my reservation gets canceled. So I have to go find another hotel now. Meanwhile, my girlfriend is saying, well, we're already going to be gone so long. Can't we just change our flight? I'm like, no. <laughs> there, there is no award flight available to change it and come back early. We're stuck. We are going to Zanzibar. We just got to find another hotel. Yeah. So we did. And we're paying a little bit more for this one. But I'm going to actually use Capital One, you know, eraser points to cover this one. And then I've got somebody, hmm, I wonder who it is, who did a guest of Hyatt booking for me in uh, the Park Hyatt in Stonetown the night before we fly home. So that's all covered. And what's very funny is when I was first booking the outbound flight, you know, again, she's the one she wants to fly on this day and come back on this day. Very specific one stop. She's like, that's such a long flight. Is there any way we can do some kind of stopover? I'm like, you know, there are a bunch of airlines that you can do stopovers with. So, but I'm not finding any availability with those stopover programs. So no, we're not going to do that. Plus we're already going to be gone a while. So I find a flight that is on Aeroplan, actually booking it through United. Somehow there's an 11 hour layover in Paris during the day on this particular itinerary. I'm like, I'll be darned. I can't wow. believe it. I got you your stopover after all. Yeah, that's amazing. It is amazing. So this was like a three stop flight though, because it was Tampa to Toronto, Toronto to Paris overnight, 11 hours in Paris during the day, which that'll be perfect. Go in. We've both been there before. So we can just go to a cafe, 
have some wine, eat some croissants, look at the sights, and then go back to the airport. And if I know anything about Angie Sparks travel, there'll be 11,000 steps in that time. There probably would be, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stay awake for the, you know, over while you're there. Um, and then to Addis Ababa and then all on down into Tanzania. Of course, there's a schedule change. And like I said earlier, United couldn't force the partners to put me on a more appropriate flight. So we had to cancel that one. So then I found one again through United that was on Turkish, Tampa to Dulles, Dulles to Istanbul, Istanbul to Kilimanjaro. Great. We're perfect here. No. And Turkish decides they don't like that leg from Istanbul to Kilimanjaro anymore. I'm like, okay, I don't really want to go to Istanbul. Now I really need to get to Africa. Had to cancel that one. So then the next one was back on Ethiopian Airlines. And it was Tampa to Dulles, Dulles to Addis Ababa with, oh, now there's an overnight in Addis Ababa, which I thought would be kind of cool, except if you spend enough time in Ethiopia before you get to Tanzania, you have to get a yellow fever vaccine. So all of a sudden, my girlfriend who didn't like shots has to get another shot. And then on to Kilimanjaro. Well, I found out three days ago that that 16-hour flight from Dulles to Addis Ababa is not on a lie flat seat. It's angle flat. (laughs) So I called Ethiopian. And I will give the guy credit. His English was better than my Ethiopian, but not by a whole lot. (laughs) So I'm trying to find out, can you tell me what kind of seat I'm in? You're in business class. Like, yes, I'm aware of that. I just want to know, does it lie flat like a bed or does it recline like a chair? You're in seat 3H. I'm like, (laughs) okay, yes, I'm aware of that. Could never get an answer. So I hang up call back, get somebody else. And the woman says, let me put you on hold. And she comes back, I don't know, five minutes later and tells me, oh yes, it's a lovely, nice flat seat. So I asked my girlfriend, I'm like, do you want to gamble that the 16 hour flight is going to be sitting up or laying down? She goes, I do not want to gamble. So back to the drawing board again. And I'll be darned if I did not find a flight. It was a whole lot more points and taxes and fees than we paid initially actually more than what we paid for Q suites, but um, we're on KLM now going through Amsterdam and we actually get there a day earlier and we don't have an overnight in Ethiopia, but she unnecessarily got a yellow fever vaccine. Uh, and that stinks, but you know, it's, you've got something in place and hopefully there's not a fifth change. So I know, hope not <laughs> that you know, you're only a month away now, so it's not far off. Uh, so you're talking about our step number four in this process is that you have to keep searching these partner airlines and uh, we have these options and there are a lot of tools that are available. That's part of why we start our search with Google Flights is we want to know what some of those programs are, why we use the partner chart, because partner chart tells us what points we can use with some of these different airlines, because if you want to fly Delta. You don't have to use Delta points. You can use uh, any kind of Sky Team points or some other points. It might be like Flying Blue, KLM Air France. It might be a Virgin Atlantic partnership. Could be Aero Mexico. There are a lot of different ways to do these. And so we have to use all the tools available to us. 
Um, I use an extra tool when I'm searching this, and I, I use something called Flight Connections, which tells you about the routes. And then uh, you can also find out some information about the planes that are on those routes and then do your research from there, like you said, so that you know if you're wanting to fly that live flat product, whether it's a recliner or whether it's live flat, whether the economy seats are good and, and things along those sorts. So you had a lot of different things to search, you know, through that, looking at the also step five, which is searching the credit card and travel portals. We had hotels to change and all that. And how far are you from being done? Are you, you uh, have everything wrapped up at this point? I'm, yeah, I think it, at this point, I think everything's done. Um, I've actually started canceling some of the duplicate things I had. I had booked a Marriott property on Zanzibar when the Hilton fell through, but it's a property that I guess they've recently acquired. And so it's not fully integrated into their website yet. So if you go on the Marriott website and you pull up this hotel and you look at the pin where it is on the map, it's in one location. If you go to Google <laughs> and you pull up the hotel, it's somewhere else. And Google shows a lot of different photos than what Marriott has on it. So I'm like, okay, who do I believe in this instance? So this is another one of those. This is this is really a trip of a lifetime kind of thing. When when my husband and I chose this for our anniversary trip, it really was the answer of, okay, if if I died in the next year, what trip will I most regret that I did not get to do? And Safari was hands down the number one. So this is a trip of a lifetime. I know several people who've gone on one, they say you will love it so much, you will go back again. I doubt it just because I'm not a go back person. Plus, it's really far. Did I tell you again how far this is? There have been a lot of additions to Africa and South Africa. So the options are opening up. And, you know, with the crazy travel explosion that occurred this past 12 months or so, it's, um, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for the availability to be there just because the airlines have not fully recovered in terms right. of seat space. Uh, they got rid of so many people, they cut planes, they did all this and that. And eventually I think, you know, over the next couple of years when people, you know, kind of get a little bit more settled and back into a regular routine, we'll see some different options like this pop up. And there are, again, there are more and more flights coming to and from Africa. So I think that you know, if you did want to do this in the future, maybe it won't be as hectic as it was this time. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. But, but everything's booked at this point. I have a couple of things that I still need to cancel. I need to cancel that Marriott Hotel because we're going to the other one. Mm -hmm. I actually, so again, Tampa, not a hub, doing positioning flights on this one. We were able to get our, initially, we had our outbound flight all on one record. But now we don't. So I have a separate positioning flight on that, which always makes me a little nervous on the outbound. If something happens, I'm going to miss the big component of my trip. But we've got a nice, you know, like three or four hour layover at Dulles. We should be good. And we're going in, you know, regular weather. It's not like I have to worry about a blizzard through Chicago in the middle of winter. Sure. I say that and <laughs> you know what's going to happen now. That you're going to get routed through Chicago. Uh, or there's going to be some horrible weather event. You know, the weather bomb or so the cyclone is going to hit DC right when I'm supposed to be flying up there. 
But on the way back, we had a posi- a, another positioning flight to get, you know, from ho- our final leg home. Well, then American changed their schedule. And because it wasn't on one record locator, they wouldn't just automatically put me on the next flight later on Mm -hmm. that day because it went from having a three-hour layover on landing to, you know, 75 minutes. I'm like, okay, I have have global entry. We're doing carry-on only. I don't think I'm going to make it, you know, and I'm in the front of the plane. I still don't think that's going to be enough time to navigate the airport and get through customs and get to the next gate. So they wouldn't put me on the next flight. There was no really award space available and the cash prices were just, just stupid. So they put me on the flight the next morning. I'm like, really? Like it's a five hour drive for Miami. Like you want to just rent a car and, and drive home instead? And it's like, we can get a nap on that 15 hour flight. I would think at some point. So that's what we're going to try. But I have not canceled that Saturday morning flight yet. Just in case we land and we look at each other like, I am too tired. I can't do this. No, that, and that's one of the incredible things that, that has come through the whole pandemic is these change policies and the ability to make those on the fly. I've had so many tickets and award tickets as backups. And that's that's really one of the wonderful things about having balances in all these different programs be able to have that flexibility. And that's a very crucial factor. I think a lot of people miss about miles and points and reward travel is that you do have the flexibility to cancel up to right up to the last minute in a lot of these programs and have no consequence. Whereas you used to be like, Hmm, if I cancel, I'm going to have a 150 or $200 cancel fee. Mm-hmm. You know, do I really want, I guess I'm just going to do what I really didn't want to do. But now you have the option. There's a rent a car. You could maybe even use a free day if you have some of uh, uh, national credits. There are different things that can be done. And that's why I've really enjoyed everything I've learned through Award Travel 101 and the greater Award Travel communities because all these things can be done and built up to. You know, I, I really got interested in this. And I mentioned in the first episode how. You know, I had certain goals when I was planning, you know, I had three trips in mind, but things that really got me excited were that you could find status matches and and get these status matches or status challenges or different things that you could use just with the things you already had. If you have an American Express Platinum card, you might have Hilton Gold status and that got you status in casino programs, which then got you status in car rental programs. And you got all these different things that made everything better. It gave you more options. It gave you more flexibility. And through the COVID pandemic, of course, we got these programs, which they said they'd never get rid of. They were going to last a <laughs> lifetime. But of course, we already see fee creep coming back. Right. But for now, you know, American United, Delta, you can cancel all of those right up to boarding. So and without any kind of consequence. And um, that's that's a huge, huge benefit. And when you can do that, you start backing up flights that you are concerned that you're going to miss. You have a, a budget carrier like I do. I fly Frontier a lot. Um, I back them up with American or I back them up with United. And then I cancel last minute. It maybe stinks for some others, but um, you know, for me, I'm able to have that. And when things do go wrong, 
now I jump on the flight that I had booked in the first place and I mm-hmm. don't worry about it. So yeah, that was definitely very handy with all the schedule changes that these were award bookings. And it was just, yeah, cancel it. Give me everything back. And I would get all the points back. I'd get the, all the taxes and fees back. I didn't end up with travel credits in my name and in her name. It's just so much easier. And and I did the same thing last summer for Iceland because there were just all kinds of, that's when all the airlines were melting down over the summer. And I was very concerned about our flight getting delayed. It was kind of a a really cool mother-son trip and could only happen that week. And we had everything very tightly organized for when we landed. So I booked a backup flight um, on Delta using miles in case Air Canada just canceled my flight or or whatever and left us stranded. And luckily, I didn't need to take it. We used the Air Canada flight that was previously booked, but it was super easy just to cancel that Delta one and not have to worry about it. Yeah, you're super lucky because there are so many people that got stranded this summer with Air Canada. And my brother and sister-in-law had a lot of hassle they dealt with. And that was even before peak travel really hit. They This was back in uh, May last year. And uh, But I know a lot of other people struggled and Air Canada even reached out to most of the members and said, hey, we know we haven't lived up to you know our end of the bargain. And they didn't uh, go about refunding everybody and, and doing things in a way that uh, was best for consumers, but at least they admitted to the fact that they weren't uh, living up to that. So you really lucked out in that particular case. But like you said, you had that flexibility. So what's your next big trip that you have planned? We uh, have some fun things coming up. I have, you mentioned a uh, mother-son trip and I have a father-son trip coming up. And I think we are running out of time to talk about that this time, but we'll catch up on that and more things about what we're doing talk a little bit about some member questions in the award travel 101 podcast because we have some interesting things coming through in the community we are almost 90,000 members strong at this point and i think we'll leave it at that call it a day and catch you the next time okay where can they find you in the group angie I am on the group all day, every day at Award Travel 101 on Facebook and in Award Travel 201, our paid group, or if you want some a little more advanced content and open posting, um, we do meetups a couple times a year. We also have Travel Grumps 101, which is there for our first world problems that we encounter when we are on our trips and the lovely things we get to do and award travel single mingles and i am also in the award travel facebook groups we do manage several across the community so we have the the groups as angie mentioned uh, that we are sharing master threads weekly so there are five basic topics we cover every single week over so that we don't have too many repetitive posts asking the same question over and over you can find me there you can message me on facebook You can find me at Award Travel 101 on Twitter. And we thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye.